Welcome back to Watch Once Never Again, the podcast where we... Jesus, fuck. (laughs) Talk about the band P.O.D. (laughs) Completely rebranded. We talk about just the band P.O.D. Um, The podcast where we watch disturbing movies so you don't have to. I'm Mary Beth. I'm Dex. And uh, this week... We continue our journey into torture porn with a movie that I had never, I guess I never like associated with torture porn, but upon rewatch, yes, I understand why. What movie are we talking about today, Dax? Well, let me just say a couple <laughs> things real quick. <laughs> the first thing is that I have dubbed our, uh, you know, little trip into torture porn i've i've dubbed it um torture porn tober <laughs> yes torture porn <laughs> the second thing is um i accidentally picked the wrong movie <laughs> so i texted you this. i forgot about that yes. <laughs> i texted you this last week after we stopped recording but i meant to pick a different movie which i guess eventually we'll get to um but I am I, I stand by my choice. I think that this movie does qualify, if not just for the mental torture. Um, anyway, it's the two thousand five movie Hard Candy. Sorry. Wait, what movie? What movie were you thinking of again? <laughs> it. They're honestly not even the same. I it's know just, they're not even remotely we were similar. For time. We were pressed for time, and like, I meant to say Borderland, or Borderlands. <laughs> what is it called? But what came out was Hard Candy, and then I didn't even realize until after. So, eventually, we'll do that one. Probably, maybe. I've never seen it, but wait, which one is that? I don't know. It, it's just <laughs> like it's just a torture porn movie. Like I looked it up. Oh, is this the one that's about Pio Mayombe? what is that (laughs) you don't listen to fucking true crime podcast um is this the one about the is it take place in mexico i believe so yeah okay yep yeah yeah um so it's based actually around an existing um like a true crime story about a guy in mexico who was not only like a drug lord but also practiced payo mayombe which means he like was um it's a, it's really complicated, but it's like it's um like an Afro Caribbean religion that involves like sacrifice and um creating something called a nganga. This is make any is this making any sense at all? Um, it's basically a religion that requires a lot of death. The end. So just a religion. <laughs> well, yes, but we don't. Re- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Hard wonder... candy. No, I, I'm looking at the wrong thing. I think. Oh, man. Whatever. It doesn't matter. We'll eventually do that one. Possibly, maybe. You, I assume you've seen it? I haven't, actually. Okay. Because it just kept coming up, and I was like, I've never seen this. And if it's a torture born movie, like it, we might as well do it. And then, nope. Hard candy came out of my mouth. But again, I Wild. think. Wild. I think this one does fit. It definitely does. I'm surprised no one pushed back, honestly. 
Well, I, like, I haven't checked on yeah. email in like a month. But <laughs> besides maybe possibly that way, no one else pushed back. Everyone was just like, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, never went, no one really disagrees. I'm like, all right, cool. Sounds great. Okay. I didn't question it. I was like, oh, interesting choice. I can see it. Yeah. I didn't I even question I didn't fucking question it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Hard Candy, uh, directed by David Slade, starring our sweet baby angels, two of them, Elliot Page and Patrick Wilson. Yes. Patrick Wilson. Oh, they're just, they're both such babies in this movie. <laughs> well, one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. We'll get into it. Oh, and um, also Sandra Oh is in it, if, if you're a fan. Yes, and I forgot that she was in this, and then in the opening credits, it like had you know Elliot Page, Patrick Wilson, Sandra O. Oh. I'm like, who the fuck is Sandra O oh in this movie? <laughs> I did not remember her at all. It was making me laugh seeing her included on all the marketing because I don't remember the marketing from back then. I wonder if what when did Grey's Anatomy even start? Do you know? Oh, no. Hold on. But, like, it's probably, I'm going to say 2007? 2008? And no, 2005. It did start in 2005. So that's why she was included on all the marketing, I think. Because she's barely in this. And they they were like, she's in this movie. Everyone. She's here, too. (laughs) She's in for two seconds giving Girl Scout cookies and asking Elliot Page's character to fucking babysit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, before we get too deep into it, do you want to read a synopsis of the movie? Sure. Um, okay. From... <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to it. Yep, avoiding it. Um, from Wikipedia, <laughs> it says, and and I guess let's address this at the top. We are referring to Elliot's character, correct? So we yes. are using she, her pronouns. Yeah, when talking about the character Haley. Yes, like we know that Elliot Page is a man. Obviously, <laughs> I don't want to yes. upset any trans men as I am one. And I think that you know, it's fair to talk about the character, not Elliot Page, the character Haley, who is supposed to be a young girl. So we're going to use she, her pronouns. Cool. Okay. Okay. Please don't okay. at me. Actually, do at me if you have a problem with it and we can talk about it. Um, But I think, right here. I think we're good on that. Okay. So... From Wikipedia, it says 14-year-old Haley Stark and 32-year-old photographer Jeff Culver engage in a sexually charged flirtatious online chat. Jeff and Haley meet at a coffee house and he takes her back to his house. Haley makes them both screwdrivers and asks him to take photographs. Before he can, Jeff loses consciousness. When Jeff wakes, he is bound to a chair. Haley explains she has been tracking him and drugged him because she knows he's a pedophile, rapist, and murderer. 
Jeff denies these allegations, claiming he had innocent intentions. Haley searches Jeff's house and finds his gun and safe. In the safe, Haley finds pictures, including a photo of Donna Maurer, a local girl who had been kidnapped and remains missing. Jeff denies involvement in Maurer's disappearance and reaches for his gun. When he attacks Haley, she asphyxiates him with plastic wrap. When Jeff wakes, he finds himself bound to a steel table with a, a bag of ice on his genitals. A word that I hate. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Haley explains she will castrate Jeff. Jeff threatens, bribes, and sweet talks Haley to dissuade her. When that doesn't work, he tries to get her sympathy by telling her that he was abused as a child. Following this supposed operation, which Jeff does not feel due to the ice numbing his genitals, Haley leaves the kitchen saying she will take a shower. Jeff frees himself and realizes he is unharmed. He storms off in a rage to get Haley in the bathroom where the shower is running. Scalpel in hand, he attacks but finds the shower empty. Haley attacks him from behind, and as they struggle, Haley incapacitates him with a stun gun. Haley poses as a police officer and asks Jeff's ex-girlfriend, Janelle, to come immediately to Jeff's house. Jeff regains consciousness to find that Haley has bound his wrists and hoisted him to stand on a chair in his kitchen with a noose around his neck. Haley makes Jeff an offer. If he commits suicide, she, and that's what is written because now we say completes, right? Completes suicide. Mm -hmm. uh, if he completes suicide, she promises to erase the evidence of his crimes, but if he refuses, she promises to expose his secrets. The conversation is interrupted when a neighbor knocks on the front door selling Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> Sandra, oh, Sandra, oh. When Haley returns, Jeff breaks from his bindings and pursues her to the roof of his house where she has lured him. Haley has, bought, uh, has brought her rope from the kitchen and fashioned it into a noose secured to the chimney. Haley keeps Jeff at bay with his gun. Jeff confesses that he watched while another man raped and murdered Maurer. Jeff promises Haley that if she spares his life, he will tell her the other man's name so she can exact her revenge. Haley reveals that she already knows his name, Aaron, and that Aaron said Jeff did it before he killed himself. Janelle arrives, and Haley once again urges Jeff to hang himself, promising that she will destroy the evidence. Defeated, Jeff lets Haley slide the noose around his neck, and takes the last fi uh, last fatal step off the roof. After he falls, Haley says, or not. Haley gathers her belongings and escapes through the woods. The end. You know, just a very simple movie. Very straightforward. Calm. It actually is pretty straightforward. It is. To it a is. Degree. Yeah. There's some. There's some guessing here. Like we don't know if he what he did with Donna. Obviously, he did something. Why else would he have that picture that he's hiding? Yeah. And also, like, who is Haley? That we never get to know, really. Yeah, that's that's really... I forgot about that, but that was interesting. How she... Uh, well, okay. Let me just back this whole fucking thing up. Haley's inc an incredible character, and also, like, insane, as she self-describes, as <laughs> uh, four out of five doctors declare that I am clinically insane. Um, I forgot, so I, I haven't seen this movie in a hot fucking minute, so I forgot how deranged her character is, but how much I'm obsessed with her character. 
Um, do you think she's 14? Wow. Um, that is hard to say. Yeah, I, I don't, know. I, I don't, don't think she's 14. Okay. Well, there it doesn't, like, give you anything, really. So you can just like, make this yeah, up. But I like exactly. to think that she's older. And maybe something happened with her that like, yeah. caused her to be kind of a vigilante like this. But then again, it's like maybe she's Donna Maurer's friend. So, yeah, I was thinking, like, two ways. Because I, I had, like, a rape revenge reading of it as, like... I've I've kind of felt in that subtext, but kind of like got the kind of got the the vibe that she had herself survived some kind of horrific trauma, and so she, like you said, became a vigilante, or she was Donna's friend, and that I thought more about Donna's friend this time watching it rather than the first time when I saw her more as a vigilante, or an older vigilante. But she's just okay. Like the, Nick, no shade to fourteen year olds, but there was no fucking way I could ever have like. <laughs> orchestrated anything of this caliber but she's an honor student <laughs> she reads zadie smith i just I, I was just thinking about how like if she's not 14 she acts 14 really convincingly and even when later on when she's pretty much trying to form an alibi and calls her a friend and is like oh i'm finishing early do you want to catch a movie like i don't know many adults who necessarily would do that you know to like establish an alibi that's so funny i I didn't even think so okay this is also i didn't know if it was her establishing an alibi or her just like being a little bit sociopathic and like oh yeah we're almost done i'll come hang out like not i didn't see it as an alibi but more of like a her making just like kind of a her flashing to being a kid making plans and not thinking anything of what she's doing. Yeah, I mean, it could be either way. I read it yeah. different ways. Like, I've only seen this is my second time watching it. And mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it since it came out. The first time I saw it, I remember thinking like, she's just, you know, being a kid, basically. But then this time watching, I'm like, surely she must be trying to form an alibi. Yeah. But I don't know why. And again, like the movie. Yeah, because the the movie doesn't give you much about her, which I kind of love a little bit. Like, I kind of love that you can kind of make up your own little backstory for her. And I think um, Paige's performance as Haley is incredible. Like, he is such an incredible actor and has been for so long. Elliot? Yeah. Yeah, I watched something earlier, like, in preparation, um, because I wanted to look up a theory, which we'll probably talk about. But in that video, they said that Elliot Page was not, like, a well-developed actor or something. And this was, like, a couple years ago. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I've never heard someone say that. (laughs) Neither have I. I feel like ever since... Juno is when I really like knew about Elliot Page, but like th- between Juno and this, I feel like everyone was like, "Oh no, like Elliot Page is the shit," and that was in two thousand and five and like two thousand and seven. Hmm. I don't know. I've never heard someone say that before. <laughs> like it was just like so I'm, weird. Like, 
That was really strange for me. I mean, everyone's allowed to have their opinion, I guess. It's just like I've never heard someone say that Elliot Page is not like a well-developed actor. That's yeah. So but even just well, we're talking Yeah, well we're talking about Haley's age in this and like what we think. But regardless, she portrays herself as a 14-year-old and this 32-year-old knows that she is 14. I couldn't remember if she concealed her age and then revealed it and he was okay with it or she I couldn't remember that. But nope, he knew the whole time that she's 14 and he was okay with it. Yeah, and even when, like, you see in the chat, you know, she's saying things that, like, a 14-year-old says. Like, like I'm not a baby, you know, when when he calls her baby. And she's yeah, like, I'm grown. Don't, don't call me baby. I read Zadie Smith. I'm getting a, the, the line you texted me, like, I need to get a, I want to get ahead. Oh, that's not when they're texting. She's at yeah, the coffee uh, shop, but. Yeah, she says, um. She's reading Romeo and Juliet, even though it's a ninth grade book. She figures if she starts now, she can get ahead. And I texted you because that gave me chills. So I'm like, oh, my God, this is like a tiny baby child. It's a baby child. Like she is not even in high school yet. (laughs) Yeah. And. Oh, because so the beginning part, like the first, I guess, like what, 30 ish minutes, it's this really awkward first date vibe between Haley and Jeff and they're at a coffee shop and she is act she's acting very much like a 14 year old she's acting kind of shy like a little kind of bent over and a little bit trying to like hide her body and she she acts like you would think a child would and he is flirting with her and being very forward and kind of like romantic with this child and it's very 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 uncomfortable and all i could think about was like he buys her a t-shirt like the barista i would be like um sir this is incredibly inappropriate i kept thinking that too because you see the barista notice what's happening like what the fuck like it's just and it's so obvious like there's no hiding it's very like like jeff is very much like cocky he knows he's cute in a very 2005 like tiny glasses kind of way 2005 tiny glasses and bootcut jeans and bootcut jeans um blazer (laughs) and so it's this like really awkward power dynamic where he is like oh i am like he he knows like he's he was gonna he like in his head he's like i'm gonna manipulate the shit out of this girl like it will be fine and i will get my way like it's so calculated and Mm. so gross and dirty and uncomfortable and then as soon as she gets in the car with him and they go to his house that power dynamic flips and it's incredible when Haley reveals like ooh, i actually like drugged you and your screwdriver when he makes them drinks and she goes let's maybe make us something a little bit more exotic and she makes fucking screwdrivers which is hysterical to me i straight up don't know what that is a vodka and orange juice see now oh no that's i was gonna say now i thought that was a mimosa but that's champagne and orange juice right yes yeah i know screwdrivers (laughs) i recently like was at a bar like I had, I, okay, I went somewhere for this fucking wedding, and, like, one of the only places. Oh, my God, that fucking wedding. (laughs) One of the only places to, like, eat was at this place, and it was, like, a bar, and so uh, I had to go 
and be at the bar, which already was causing me distress because of COVID. But then mm-hmm. uh, sitting at the bar, I was like watching them make drinks and I straight up just asked them. I was like, how do you remember all these? And they were like, oh, there's like cheat sheets right here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I was a when I was a bartender, we had like a little book that we could pull out and look at. But also like I was we were expected at the place I worked like to kind of study them and memorize the easy ones, like the basic things. Yeah, I was because well, we I had to memorize the specialty cocktails. We had cheat sheets, but like it was it really hindered your ability to make drinks if you were constantly looking at the cheat sheet. And when it was swamped, like you kind of just had to know things off the top of your head so you could get shit done. So like we had to know the basic, like the basic classic cocktails and the ingredients. Yeah, that makes sense. Like I just, I, I don't know. I don't really go to bars as you can imagine but like (laughs) i've never heard of a bartender like pulling out a book like that but then again i we were just talking about it i used to be a barista and you just get to know stuff especially if you do drink coffee or if you i guess drink alcohol yeah like i don't think i can be a bartender but i can be a barista and i know how to make pretty much every drink off the top of my head yeah well like most most cocktails are like the same like like sugar citrus and then something else and then a base liquor and they are all like the same similar drink put up different names you just have to know the names and what the base liquor is it's pretty and like again most people order pretty simple shit like jack and coke whiskey and ginger ale like it's pretty people don't usually order super complicated things at most bars like unless we're at a cocktail bar but like where i was bartending we had some specialty drinks but it was all like super basic shit Vodka cranberries were a big one because that's where that's the demographic where I was bartending. At what's what demographic is that? Uh, rich white, rich white women who would come in and get vodka cranberries with like gray goose, and I was like, "You're paying twenty dollars for a vodka cranberry when you could pay five, and it would taste exactly the fucking same." <laughs> and it, it was my fa- it was my favorite. It's so stupid. Like it doesn't. But I also like I'm not a big vodka person i like cranberry maybe i would like that one i think if i drank based on the fact that i am an identical twin and that identical twin drinks like whiskey and bourbon and uh i don't know what's some other stuff i don't know other stuff uh i think i would like that if i drank it's, I mean, it is good because vodka really tastes like nothing if you have enough juice in it. Especially cranberry because it's, like, acidic. Interesting. I'm learning so much. <laughs> I turned 30 in, like, two weeks. <laughs> it's... Uh, bartending is certainly something. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Anyway. I think we were both working <laughs> at that coffee shop. I know for sure. I would be like, are you okay? But I, I guess, of course, she would be like, yeah, I'm fine. You know? Yep. Because, like, because that that's the thing. It's like, it's not consent. But she she is she is saying, oh, it's okay. Because she thinks she's consenting. Does that make sense? Like, I know it's not consent because of it the age issue. It does make sense. And it's hard but she as, thinks like, she a, is. an outside person to yeah but like i've had to i mean 
whatever I'll, I'll talk about it i guess as much as i can like i've had to make reports and stuff when i worked at the abortion clinic you know yeah. so like i have no problem like not minding my business when it's something important like that like i'd fucking fully watch him i used to have to do it at the aquarium too because like there's tons of kids oh yeah you know? oh yeah you always you like well especially like when you work in any kind of customer service or like customer facing position like you always can clock the weirdos and like you know how to keep mm-hmm. track of that like what to do even if you don't have to do anything like you know who to watch and like who is giving you a vibe yeah and sometimes pretty, the weirdo especially... is not weird sometimes the weirdo is an overly charming like good looking regular dude exactly yep yeah because not it's not always like what you think a weirdo looks like, whatever a stereotypical, in scare quotes, weirdo looks like. Especially at bars. Like, and there was always, ugh, like, drunk girls and just wanting to make sure they weren't getting taken advantage of by nasty men. Oh, yeah, same thing. I have no problem not minding my business. I remember being, like, a kid, right? I, so this one memory, right? I was at a concert, and I remember the band. It was Fear Factory. And uh, afterwards, there was this really drunk girl outside. And, like, she was talking to my friends, like, and me. And the fucking bouncer was trying to get her to go to his apartment, which was down the street. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. And my friends and I were like, no. We were, like, 15, maybe. Um, My friends and I were like absolutely not (laughs) and we sat there for hours with her because like she was so drunk she didn't know like where her phone was like who to call or whatever we just sat there for hours and then eventually unfortunately i think she did go with him oh i know that that's always so that's always so fucking hard where you're like you can't you try you like do your best to stop somebody or like help them oh god oh oh I know. And then I checked on her the next day because she, like, gave us her MySpace. And... Oh, wow. That really dates it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I was 15. I turned 30 next week or two it's weeks. It's true. Ago. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I messaged her and asked if, like, she was okay and everything, but I don't think she ever answered me. And if she did, I don't remember. Well, you're a good person. You did your best. <laughs> I tried, but I, I've done that many times, but that's, like, the first time yeah. it happened to me, and I always think of that one. Yeah. But yeah, I have no problem not minding my business if it's important. Otherwise, I fully mind my business, and I'm not here. <laughs> Don't give anyone a reason for you to get in their business. Yes. Amen. A fucking men. But I guess, like, something that really up- upset me rewatching this movie is very, very obvious, but this, like, the grooming of young women on the internet, which is a very 2005 topic, I will say. Um, <laughs> because that was, how old was I? I was 12. How old are you? 28. Yeah, you so I was like 13. 12, like 12 or 13. And that was like, that was peak, peak me investigating online chat rooms, Neopets, and the message boards. And, um, but also me kind of like hitting puberty a little bit and like starting to get male attention and 
me having daddy issues very much (laughs) liked that male attention. And as I started growing up a little bit more and got into high school, I very much liked older male attention. And so this movie very much fucked up my brain because it was just very much reminding me of the very toxic interactions I've had with many a man in my life and how, but also how I was never really told it was bad. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think like my parents really knew what well, they didn't know what's going on on the like what I was doing on the internet, obviously, because I was a fucking teenager. Of course, my parents didn't fucking know what I was doing on the internet. Um, but I didn't really. I always like kind of felt like when people tell you you're you look mature or like you look older than you are and like you're mature for your age, like that shit went to my my little noggin so fucking quick because I was like, oh, it's so cool, it's so cool to be mature. And, like I don't want to be like the other girls. LOL. It's so fucking toxic and stupid but (laughs) it just this very much reminded me a lot of these experiences and like how I wanted to be perceived by older men (sighs) and it just kind of made me feel very gross about the ways that young women are treated and how they are sexualized and how it's like just kind of seen as not okay might not be the right word but just like looked over I it's hard it's hard for me to talk about like um this time period because like i was a teenager yeah. i was yeah. having dysphoria i already knew i was trans yeah uh, just you know my uh, we can get into actually my partner and watching this movie and stuff but i remember at that same time you know i I was also like exploring like chat rooms and stuff um specifically like um you know the show the l word yeah, yeah, so I'd be like on those chat rooms and stuff, and like that mm. show is like not for kids or teenagers, like yeah it, no. it was for like like adult lesbians and I guess to some extent trans men um but you know, I would be on those chat rooms and I remember talking to like adult women who would be overly sexual with me. Like, and I think that's something, you know, I'm not, I'm obviously not saying that I think gays and lesbians are pedophiles because I don't think that, but I do think that at a period of time, you know, particularly with the internet becoming more popular there was a little bit more blurring that line of like what is okay you know and i don't think it was right obviously being on the other end of it like i don't think it was right but that's something that people don't really like to talk about because there is such a stigma around like gays and lesbians and like pedophiles and stuff because that was Obviously, I know you know, but for anyone listening who may not know, there was that stereotype that, like, gays, and it was pretty much, it's pretty much usually about gay men, but, yeah, there was that stereotype that they were all pedophiles. Yeah. So that's why I, that's also part of why I never talk about it, because I don't want to, like, contribute to that narrative at all, because I don't, I obviously don't believe that that's not it's just not true like it's verifiably untrue 
<laughs> like yeah. most most gays lesbians like every, every all lgbt people that most of them are not uh in any way attracted to the kids yeah uh but yeah i do remember that happening i remember on my space it happened all the time like mm-hmm. you know and the thing is i didn't look older and like no one even told me that because i didn't look older like i have a baby face i still have a baby face if i shave my face i look very young you know mm-hmm. and I, I, yeah. I always have but yeah i remember that happening and like at the time i didn't think it was that weird i had no supervision in my life growing up so yeah uh, like it was it was a really weird household where my mom like tried to assert rules but she worked all the time so like wasn't there to really enforce them you know ah uh, yes and i think at this time we we had like just gotten a computer and then like she took it away for a while but then we got one back like later on in high school so it was like really weird like sometimes i'd be like at the library you know like on myspace or whatever and like Mm -hmm. yeah like older i mean not like for me it wasn't like any women in their 30s or 40s that i knew of it was like women in their early 20s okay you know uh yeah yeah so that was a problem for me too but being a guy (laughs) at least at this point in my life um i think that i i don't think i got as fucked up from it as like maybe someone who is a girl you know would have yeah yeah i don't i don't want to say that because it's not like like it is damaging to boys too obviously but there's not so much shame around it and it's not so much victim blaming like um not that you're a victim but like you know what i mean like yeah first for girls it's more like well you look older and what did you do to flirt with him and like yep. blah, blah blah you know yep. and for boys like it's more seen as normal to do that yes and not for nothing like lesbian culture is kind of we did we really don't have enough airtime to even like <laughs> talk about <laughs> my experiences in lesbian culture and like the nuances of it but i will say this there are lots of um parts of lesbian culture that sort of mimic teenage boydom Uh at least in my experience and you know (laughs) if you want to put a time stamp on it i guess i stopped being a lesbian like (laughs) uh 10 years ago 11 years ago so maybe I'm out of date and it's totally different, but in the <laughs> early, mid, and late 2000s, that's what it was like. So it wasn't seen as like, oh, you did this thing, you it's all your fault. It's more like, oh, well, you're just exploring, like, you know. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this, so... <laughs> I just, I just, it's hard for me because I don't want to be like, you know, I, I was a teenage girl on the internet too, but like, I, 
I guess I like was. You know, I was. I mean, I yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess you 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 were for a time. I don't like saying that. It makes me feel really fucking weird. And but, I mean, that's my experience with it. Like, I think it's just interesting that as like a more masculine person, I don't think that messed me up as much. I think it did a little bit. Yeah. Not so bad. Yeah. Well. Not again. Not to say that it can't. Like, I think everyone knows what I mean. Yes, I think they. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it um wasn't my favorite experience. I will say that, and I talked about this before about my friend um who met her boyfriend and who came to prom. That yes, uh, yes. So so she was like my like gateway into that which is like why like it's such a weird relationship because like she introduced me to like catfishing guys online and like when i say catfishing like i was very much like chatting with guys and being like i have long blonde hair and i'm 17 and then would freak out and get nervous and then x out of the chat because <laughs> i was scared to lie to strangers on the internet <laughs> How dare you? i know but i got more comfortable with it as like she kind of like introduced me to it i wasn't as into it as she was because like i didn't have boyfriends and she like had boyfriends that she had online and she kind of yeah and she introduced me to that whole world of men on the internet um interesting but like my a lot of my experience too though was like older guys saying things in person and like in person to me like oh wow like you're so grown up for your age like wow you're so pretty and like you so so mature which meant i just had boobs <laughs> god it's so gross you're like you're, you know you're they're so mature to, i'm like it's just my tits like they're my- trying to like save themselves like justify it to themselves almost too exactly like i'm not saying that you're hot i'm saying that you're just like very grown up looking and i also got that a lot when i was um a server i when i was a server not when i was a bartender when i was a server when i was in high school i got a lot of that from older from um regulars regular male customers who would come in and flirt with me and like kind of it was really weird like the the, the dynamic was very strange because they'd like come in and like sit in my section and like flirt with me the whole time and give me huge tips which like you know, part of me was like, yeah, exploit that disgusting system, but it was also really nasty because I kind of like bought into it a little bit because I was 15 and like that older guys were telling me I was pretty. It's fucked up. It's so gross. You should <laughs> Sorry, <I'm> legally like... <laughs> be allowed just... to like beat them up. This like just brought back a lot of shit watching oh, this movie. You don't Not... you worry. It brought back yeah. a lot of shit for me too. <laughs> But anyway, that's just, like, what I really wanted to touch on was just, like, Jesus Christ, like, just being thrown back to that time when I was that age on the internet looking and, like, both in the internet and in real life, like, getting that kind of male attention and finding it both a little scary but also really validating and thinking about how gross it was that men did that to to me. (laughs) I hate that. You yeah. should legally be allowed to beat them up. 
right i at, know at i least. should be able to i would like to be able to one of the one of these guys stalked me but that's a story for another time what anyway actually <laughs> <laughs> oh we, we can talk about that later but uh i have an interesting story about a stalker in this movie too oh boy oh jesus christ this movie is bringing up lots of trauma <laughs> Do you want to talk about some, like, technical aspects? Sure. We don't do that a lot on here. <laughs> no, we don't. It's mostly just uh, <laughs> the emotional <laughs> levels. Analyzing. Of the movie. Yeah. Um, did you notice weird color palette changes when you were Oh, watching? yeah. It's very David Slade. So what else has David Slade done? 30 Days of Night okay so a lot of the color palette in this especially like there's this i think it's one of the one of the moments when he is laying on the table when she's about to perform the surgery where it like kind of changes to like this bluish tone and that bluish tone is like very much like the 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 palette for 30 days of night so it's like very familiar to me as someone who is obsessed with that film 30 days of night (laughs) Oh, wow. He's in a lot of music videos. Yeah. He's, he was a music video boy before he started making movies. Which, like, makes sense for a lot of the very chaotic camera work in this movie. Like, there's a couple moments where it's almost like found footage levels of shaky cam. Like, especially in one of the, like, altercations. Like, it's fucking, in, like, I think, oh, it's when he's smashing her, and she's, like, putting the saran wrap off his face, I think. It's, like, the camera work is just like ah, ah, all over the place. And it's I don't usually feel nauseated with that kind of thing, but it was a lot. It was a lot for me. Like I was. Yeah, because and you you don't like you're you really don't like shaky cam, right? I can't deal with it. Yeah. 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 It, it kills me. It kills me. But yeah, I, I just noticed like at parts where things would get more intense like, for instance, when Haley was yelling at Jeff um, pretty much for the first time when he's tied up, the color palette, like, went from, like, normal to, like, very blue. Yeah. Like, And it was, like, you could see it dialing down is the weird thing. Yeah. It's like, very, it's interesting. Yeah. Or, or it'd be normal and then suddenly get really grainy. Yeah. Like, that was weird. It's very, it, it does very much have that music video vibe of like, over the, being over the top, I guess, with that, with, with like the color palette and like the very obvious transitions. Cause I feel like in most movies, it's not as obvious when like the color palette no. shifts or like no, you the don't grain of like the it. texture. Yeah. You don't literally be like, wait, holy shit. It literally just changed. <laughs> yeah. Cause it, it's not like it went from like, you see one frame and it's normal and then the next frame it's blue it would be like you see all of the frames at going real time and then it'd be shifting down from like a normal color palette to like green to gray to whatever to blah 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 and then blue like you see yeah. it it's so weird i've never it's seen that real weird. before i don't think yeah it's bizarre yeah i wonder why like <laughs> 
Like, why do that? It was his first, this is his first movie after making music videos. So I, I, I get, cause he's the director. I don't know if he's like, he's not the cinematographer, I guess, but, um, I feel like this is definitely like a, the more I think about it, the more it's like, oh, it's the, I can kind of tell that he is moving from one thing, like one medium. It's like the similar medium, but different formats. That doesn't make sense, does it? I'm trying to think of how I explain this. But moving from like very kinetic music videos to feature filmmaking, I feel like I can kind of see the bumps in the road for him. Yeah, I guess. I just... um. I looked up the cinematographer and the cinematographer also did 30 days of night. Um, (laughs) And it looks like they worked together on a lot of the music videos. Um, But also the cinematographer did looks like a lot, almost all of the hunger Games series. Um, And also fun fact did, the uh, cinematography for that movie, His House, that came oh. out like last year. Hmm. That cinematography is amazing. I forgot that he that David Slade also directed like half of the first season of Hannibal, or part of the first part of Hannibal. I did. Did you ever watch, watch that? I okay. I did not like it. <laughs> watched like three episodes, and I was like, "This isn't for me." I hate it. I know I I'm wrong. It. But... I respect it, but I don't agree. It's actually so <laughs> weird because almost everyone, like, at the time, it looked like did not like that show. And then <laughs> it's only, like, after it got canceled or whatever that I started seeing a lot of people love it. For me, yeah. that's what it, like, seemed like. Isn't that weird? Am I wrong in that? Did, I was on, were you on Tumblr? It? Were you on Tumblr when this was on? I was. So I, I don't know. When I was on Tumblr, when this was on, everyone loved it. But that was because I was on Tumblr. And, like, I was actively seeking out, like, the big fandom for it. So I in see. my... I was on Tumblr and Twitter still. So, like, it looked like Twitter hated it. Oh, I was... Yeah, I, was, I wasn't on Twitter. I was just in my own little Hannibal bubble on Tumblr. <laughs> A Hannibal bubble, if you will. Mmm, had a bubble. Um, <laughs> let me see. My last note is a bunch of lines. It was like a really good dialogue. Mm-hmm. And it's when Haley is like, you know, you don't want this to get out. And Jeff says, it'll ruin my career. It'll ruin my life. And Haley says, didn't Roman Polanski just win an Oscar? Yep. Yep. This movie actually felt really ahead of its time. Like, rewatching it. Yeah. It's smart. It's really smart. And I also feel like it's unfortunately, like, still relevant today. Very. That's why I feel like it was ahead of its time because I think just I think back then, you know, people were more like, what? He like served his time or whatever, even though he didn't. But like, that's kind of the general. I don't know. I guess people still say that now, like about celebrities who 
Yeah. Dude, not not I feel shit. like it's a little bit less, a little bit less. I think like, so for sure. People have definitely kind of gotten the point that perhaps that, that is a very irresponsible way to think about those kinds of things. Um it's definitely still very prevalent though. Like it's def- it's not gone. It is by no means non-existent. Um but like you said this movie is very ahead of its time I think in how it's dealing with young women on the internet because i still feel like it's not always dealt with like as as directly but this is also very direct like very on the nose very direct like not trying to like mince words at all david slade is just like no we're gonna like have her castrate this guy for being a rapist or castrate in air quotes but this movie is like one of the least subtle movies I've ever seen. <laughs> but I love that because it knows it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Just every aspect. Like, just like just take the poster and everything. Obviously, Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> right. Yeah, and like in the trap. So like, you know exactly what's coming with her in the trap. Yeah. Or I guess there's bait. two ways you could read it. But like, definitely like she's, she's bait. bait. Yeah, exactly. And then just like, you know, <laughs> film school 101, red stuff, red things, that means danger or you know, <laughs> bad times ahead. And like his whole apartment is a disgusting shade of red that hopefully Ugh. no one would ever paint there. Just looks like organs inside of <laughs> the womb, a nasty womb. Yeah, or like even her giant cut that she gets when he tries to fight back is like an unnatural shade of red. Yeah. Yes. You know, like obviously this, all the red obviously means like danger or, you know, revenge even or avenged because it seems like she's avenging Donna Maurer. Um, but like just the the whole uh, Little Red Riding Hood metaphor is really obvious. Have you seen Promising Young Woman? I have. This is how Promising Young Woman should have ended. <laughs> with uh, oh, with him like dying. Yeah, and her living. <laughs> okay, can I Anyways. actually say something about that? Oh yeah, for sure. Because I was seeing promising some promising young woman parallels, but this is way better than promising young woman. Oh no, it's nothing about that. I I do oh, really okay. like that movie. Well, I only saw it once, so but I remember liking it. But like in this, I fully thought that, like I completely remembered inaccurately that he lived at the end. That he oh. that she set the trap for him to hang himself, and then he he walked off the side of the roof and then he didn't die. Like she trapped him so that Janelle would find him and all the evidence and he was alive and he had to suffer. Mm -hmm. But that's not correct. It seems like he does die. Yep. He dies and she doesn't destroy the evidence. But I also, so that's so funny because I also thought I remember that similar, like a similar thing. I didn't think he died at the end either. I wonder but I also maybe, couldn't, re- I couldn't remember. Maybe there's an alternate ending? If we both remember that? I have no idea. 
I didn't have a huge. I didn't have a super good memory of this movie other than the the surgery scene. So. I don't remember. I don't remember it being such like a happy ending is not the right word, but I guess I don't remember it being so just like oh yeah, it's as simple as that. Simple as the it'll word, all go according to plan, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know why. I I mean, I like that he dies. Obviously, <laughs> he sucks, and he's like responsible for killing. Okay, nope. Let me clarify. I am not a pro capital punishment. Um, I don't think anyone in like real life, I don't think the legal system should have that authority. But when I'm watching a movie, as one does, <laughs> if the bad guy can die, sometimes it's nice to see that happen. Well, especially when he's like this guy who's a nasty pedophile. And I know there's like. Never mind. There's like a whole other complicated thing about pedophiles. Like, did we talk about this before? About like pedophiles. Never mind. Cut this out. Cut. Cut. <laughs> what? What? What, what was the Cut. Rest of that? But pedophiles and like I, I I talked about this thing with somebody about like how people are trying to look at pedophiles in like a more nuanced light rather than just like people who want to have sex with kids and like who need to be murdered. But looking at it as a mental illness that can be treated and not, like, demonizing the people. Did I talk about this with you? I don't, I don't think that was me, but I have had that talk before. I don't, I'm not sure, but I have had that discussion before. It's just, it's really hard. Like, yeah. I know, you know, I've talked to my therapist about some of the classes I'm going to have to go through. Like, you know, becoming a therapist and... I'm going to have to like deal with stuff like that. And it, it is really hard for me right now. You know, like I, in my heart, I want to have a nuanced conversation, but it's, it's just, I, I just, yes, I have a very hard time. Like accepting that kind of perspective. I don't think I'm there in terms of having a discussion. I don't know. I, I just thought it was an interesting thing to bring up, just like talk because you brought up like capital punishment and I'm, and I'm talking about pedophile. I'm not talking about pedof- I'm not talking about pedophiles who like actually committed a, a crime and like an assault. I'm, this is more like I guess people who say that they have experienced attraction to children but haven't acted upon it. It's still really hard. I hate that I just said no, that. No, I completely know what you're talking about. And even like I remember <laughs> in Law and Order Special Victims Unit, there was an episode where they. Yeah had like a pedophile on like a recovered pedophile who was like we do not act on our stuff and then spoiler alert at the end he ends up killing the pedophile did he no, act on he, he kills the <laughs> oh. pedophile who acted on it because he's like they need to be taken out like we don't we can't do this like for our community and benson gets really mad because like that was the only way they were gonna find this kid pretty sure i remember that correctly. Oh. I haven't seen it in a while i want to say that the guy bum, bum, who bum, the bum, pedophile bum. who killed the other one was the guy who played the old man in House of the Devil. I feel like that's why I remember it so. Really? I think so. I think so. I've seen like hundreds well, of those. Now I have so to look that up. Not a hundred percent on it, but pretty sure. And I feel like every fucking person who's like an actor has been on an episode of Law and Order SVU. Yeah, and if you're with me, I'll point it out. 
I'll be like, that one played a defense attorney. I don't think I've ever watched a full episode of that show. What? Of SVU? I don't think I have. Wow. I know. I, I mean, hey, it's a hard show to watch, so. He was. He was, in fact, Jack Berlin. Is that the man? I don't know. The guy, Tom Noonan, who's an in the devil, has a, a Law & Order SVU credit from 2008. So I'm assuming that's who it is. Let's take a look. Is it Jake Berlin? Yes. Yeah. <gasps> yep. So oh, he's... Right. So if you go on the SVU uh, fandom wiki... It says Jake Berlin is the operator of Pediafax, a website that posts non-sexual photographs of children to allow pedophiles to vent their sexual urges without hurting anyone. Though he is sexually attracted to prepubescent girls, he claims to have never sexually abused a child. Nevertheless, Berlin believes that the age of consent laws should be changed to allow adult-child sexual relationships. After right. After learning about him... Stabler and Benson questioned Berlin about his site and about Eric Byers, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, let's see. Berlin later brutally murders Eric after he confesses to raping a boy. He is jealous that Eric actually did something that he could only fantasize about. Oh, God. Uh... But I remember him, like, saying, you know, you can't do that. So... I don't know how accurate that was. But anyway, wow, I can't believe I remember that. <laughs> to such great detail. That's wild that you, yeah, wow. I love that show. Anyway. Um, bum, 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 yeah, I mean, we can have that discussion. It's just, I think we're probably on the same page. Like, I, it's really difficult. I don't think, I don't think we need to have the discussion either. Because I, I, I don't think I'm equipped to have that discussion either. Like, in a, the proper way. I don't think. Yeah, it's like intellectually, like I know and understand what they mean, but in in action, that's very difficult for me. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, and even when I am a therapist, that's gonna be a referral from me because I don't think <laughs> I'm the one. I don't think so. Well, but that's part of being a good therapist is knowing like, hey, I do not think I'm going to be able to provide you the help that you need, bud. I'm so sorry. Here is someone who can help you. Yeah, it's 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 too much. It's too close to home. So I just I, I can't. Um, I think that's valid. <laughs> um, anyway, what the fuck were we talking fuck about? this movie. <laughs> No, I like this. I think this is a good movie. It's just... No, it is a very good movie. It's just very difficult due to this, like, obviously due to the subject matter. I remember not... I remember not liking it so much when I was younger. But it was, like, probably... It. I guess today is, like, story time. <laughs> it was probably had to do a lot with when I watched it and who I watched it with. So, oh, okay. Um, I I guess is it okay if I like tell you a story? Are you okay telling the story? Um, yeah. If I'm not, I'll tell you. Are you? Sh are you sh I didn't, I okay. never talk okay. about it. Yeah. So, um. Okay. We'll just I just want to make sure you're okay. 
Well, I think I, I kind of revealed make it sure you're okay. before. Like, I told you in one of our early episodes that, like, I had a weird, like, experience where an ex, like, tried to assault me. Yes. It was during this. So. Oh, God. But ex. I didn't remember that until I was watching it. Like, I, rem- oh, I remembered God, it as two yeah. separate, like, events. But actually, it was that same day like holy shit so um and and this movie actually actually does factor in a lot because we got in a huge fight about this movie because when oh, shit. when it was over uh she thought that like what elliot page's character does is like too extreme and I was like, how is it extreme? He's a pedophile. And and this, again, I was, what, 15 at the time? Maybe 16? Actually, no, I had mm-hmm. to be 16 because I was a sophomore in high school. Um, yeah. So I was like, well, what do you mean? He's a pedophile. Like, of course that was fine, you know? Yeah. And uh, she just was like, he didn't actually do anything and uh she tortured him for no reason <laughs> and oh a lot. and i was like well i don't even think i realized that he had something to do with that other girl's death cuz it's such like a non-factor in the movie it's it's weird i feel like it's supposed to be more important than it is it's not like yeah they don't make it seem very important at all but then at the then at the end they're like, "Oh, you killed her." I'm like, "Wait, what? Who the what the fuck?" Yeah, and it's like, "Oh, right, the Sorry, missing yeah. girl." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, but I was just like, you know, he wanted to, he was going to, and we just got in a huge fight about it. And I was like, "How? How are you fine with that? Like, like I don't understand. Like, to, it was like so bad yeah. that I was like, I'm about to like dump you right now." Like, but oh, Jesus! I, it was bad because I was just like, I was like, it. I, you, as you can imagine, she was not a good person. But that's not why. Yeah. It's just she was also not a good person, and that was just one of the things that happened to prove it. Yeah, <laughs> where she thought a pedophile. I, I mean, whatever. I th- just you know. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like she thought, she thought the you pedophile know, yes. was innocent and the young girl was at fault. That's what I'm saying. Yes. And like I guess he didn't actually do anything to her, but like he clearly did in the past or whatever. I I don't know. He was going to. He... Well, and also like the, the language he used like, at the very beginning when they show their chats, it's very explicit on purpose like he knows she is 14 and he says he wants to have sex with her and hung up with her like the intention is very clearly there yeah and he's like go get ready now like exactly like have sex i mean yeah he's gonna commit statutory rape he didn't do anything to her but actually whatever yeah he we are just manipulated a child you know I mean, the child was yeah, manipulating Groot. him, which, but, like, in real life... He thought he was manipulating, yeah. His intentions were to manipulate a child, yeah. 
exactly like that's what he was doing he knew exactly that he got manipulated in return (laughs) he got catfished in the best way really yeah this is catfishing but vigilante vigilanteism yeah vigilantism but anyway anyway i'm so sorry no it's fine we just got in a huge blowout fight about it i almost dumped her like on the spot but i ended up staying there that night and that's when it like happened so jesus christ this like when i was watching this i was just thinking about her and i had been thinking about her anyway recently because just like whatever like driving by her parents house i was just thinking like we had no business dating because she was really rich (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> she was really sorry I'm, la- I'm only laughing just like we have no business dating we really didn't like an actual thing that she said to me was just because i have five apple computers in my house in 2006 or seven just because i have five apple computers in my house doesn't mean i'm rich and i was like your dad is literally a surgeon this is the biggest house i've ever been in in my entire life <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like, we should not have been whoa, dating. Whoa, 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 okay. She's someone who did not want to be perceived as rich, but it's not, it's really easy for, not easy for her to hide it when obviously she had a huge house. Yeah, it's Sorry. like, it's okay, you can't relate to me. I'm like glad that you can afford groceries. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm happy <laughs> Jesus for you. Christ. Like, no, please, you don't want to be poor. Yeah, and she's also the girl that i kept dating because i knew she bought me paramore tickets to the riot tour Uh (laughs) so i just kept dating her until that day and actually at the paramore concert uh like outside um -hmm. i had (laughs) i had a really tall bright green mohawk at this time in my life Uh uh-huh and there were these drunk dudes standing behind us in line and they kept like saying stuff about my hair and she turned around and was like do you want to like touch his hair and let them like rub their hands all over my head what yeah no i fully freaked out like it in the concert <laughs> like as soon as we got inside because i wanted to wait till we were away from them because i didn't know like what their intentions were what? Yeah, exactly. And I just wanted to be calm. Around adult men. Yeah. Yeah. And when we got inside, I was like, how the fuck? Like, don't ever tell anyone they can touch me. Like, you can't even touch me. No one touches me. Like, just freaked out. Yeah, she she sounds like she sucks. But how old was she? She was my age. So how old were you? Can you remember? So she, if I was 16, I was older for my grade. She was probably 15 or early 16. God, I like I know that kids don't listen when you say don't date, but fucking kids at sixteen should not be fucking dating. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, like it, yeah, there was just some boundary issues for sure there. Yeah, but that yeah. After that, I dumped her the next day <laughs> after the Paramore show. Thanks for the Paramore show. Bye, bitch. Yeah, pretty much. Like I knew I was gonna dump her. I do kind of. I love. <laughs> well one last fucking nail in the coffin when she said hey touch you can touch dax's fucking hair at the show and it wasn't like they only just touched like a normal person would just touch the point 
which I wouldn't yeah, like either, like, but at least that wouldn't be as weird as them rubbing my, like, shaved head. Like, it was fucking weird, and, like, it made me uncomfortable, oh, and I, I told yeah. them to stop, and they di- they eventually stopped when they realized I was being serious. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, she sucked, but I, I was recently thinking about her, because I'm like, we shouldn't have been dating. She was so, She was way too rich for me to be dating. And then she, like, popped up on my Instagram and oh god she's married now i'm like you got someone to marry you like she's married oh that's always the successful situation actually a therapist yeah no she's not Mm -hmm. yeah it like lives in new england now so i'm never gonna come across her that's troubling oh maybe Maybe she's a better person Uh that made me freak out (laughs) What, that she's a therapist? Yeah, I had, like, an existential crisis. Especially because, like, whatever. She wasn't smart. (laughs) (laughs) We used to fight about it all the time. She was, like, a C's get degrees person. And I was like, "Um, I can't date you if you're going to, like, just be dumb on purpose. (laughs) Not that people who get C's are dumb, but, like, she just didn't, like. But she she didn't care. She wasn't dumb. She was lazy. Laziness. I don't like it. As you can like that's guess. the worst when she's like oh i just don't care about getting like good grades and it's like but it's not that it's like, i mean i guess it, it's hard i guess smart, i don't though. know i was a... oh, <laughs> like okay, it, cool. it was laziness and just fair enough just not bright <laughs> so when i saw that <laughs> when i saw that she was a therapist i was like oh my god they're letting anyone be a therapist <laughs> <laughs> what am i gonna do i'm sorry <laughs> Oh, yeah, she sucked. Whatever. She had a stupid name, too. <laughs> what was it? We can cut it out. But I don't want to learn anything. Well, that was her middle name. But every... What's her first name? Oh. Wow. Wow, that's a, that is a rich person name. Bitch, don't I know it. The biggest house I ever went in in my <laughs> whole life. It literally had stairway, stairways to, like, nowhere. And it had, like, slave quarter stairways... It was like a big, like just old Man, ass house, and it had a giant. Like, oh, it was like an old. House next okay. To it. Oh. Like a carriage what? house almost. What the fuck? The bitch was fucking loaded. I'm not rich. Man. Sometimes I look back. Is this because I have five Apple computers in my house? That's incredible. I know. And her mom was like an artist, and she. She actually gave me my first tofu scramble, and I was like, this is so good, thank you. Her mom was really nice, and she has pet pigs and two schnauzers, and sometimes I'm like, I wish I'd just put up with it, because I want pigs and schnauzers. <laughs> it's really unfair, truly. No, but it's unfair. That is, that is the worst. Like, when you're like, well, this is happening with my dad right now. My, my psycho dad and his wife are texting me again. God. And, um... Get a hint. Oh, yeah, like, I, it's... Yeah, um, and they're texting me videos now of their dog, who's a French bulldog, and they know I love French bulldogs, so they're, like, trying to get me to respond to them, so, with their dog. Mm-mm. Everyone loves French bulldogs. Smarter, s- smarter than, smarter than I would expect from them, but also not going to work if they really think I'm that weak. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I got French bulldogs in my building. <laughs> yeah, they can't get you that way, come on. No, 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 no. Anyway... <laughs> I forget where I was going with all that. But anyway, yeah, the first time I saw this movie was not good. 
Um, but I did like it a lot more this time. And I still think I'm right. <laughs> and I'm glad he gets it. I agree. I think you are also right. Because it's you. a movie. Just because I like what happens in a movie doesn't mean I approve of it in real life. Exactly. Twitter. Since when does that become an endorsement? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, and I think something else that I think about with this movie is like, you know, we talk, we're talking about pedophiles. And you know how there's like a stereotypical, like, idea of what a pedophile looks like. Like an older guy. With the glasses. With the glasses. Mustache. And like is schlubby and creepy. And I, I like that in this, it's a hot, wealthy guy. Who is a photographer. With a mini Cooper. And who has a lot of... <laughs> Which I'm like, as a photographer, I don't think so. I know. I was like, what kind of photographer is this guy? I don't... I guess anyway. he's a successful one. Yeah, like a fashion photographer. But, um, but again, like here, he is very pretty. He is wealthy. He lives in a beautiful house. It's not some creepy layer or like white van it's a well put together home and i just think it's i like how this movie wants you to kind of think about not just what like the tip the stereotypical idea of pedophilia but like the more insidious forms of it that like i experienced as a teenager that like people think like would almost come across not it doesn't always it gets to a point where it's not a compliment but like you know the people like oh just take it as a compliment he just is being nice to you right like that kind of vibe because i got i also got that a lot if i told a guy to fuck off i would get like told i was like by my family like why aren't you being nice yeah but anyway i just was thinking about that and how this movie kind of challenges preconceived, which is again ahead of its time, and challenging these preconceived notions of who preys on children. I like that too. I like that he's pretty much the complete opposite of what you picture. And what's weird is that we all picture that person, but we all, I I think most of us know now that you usually know your abuser, like including kids yes. kids usually know their abuser it's usually a charming person that they know and trust and like a lot of the time mm-hmm. you know so it's like yeah it's weird to me that we still all have that image of the like creeper in the van with the like greasy hair and stuff like that yeah it is interesting how that like continue i don't again i don't know if it's as prevalent but I still think that it is like, no, it is still pretty prevalent, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, at watched, least like, I feel like, yeah, as people who were coming of age in in the mid two thousands and earlier than that, that was pretty much who we thought of. If you said, yeah, pedophile, exactly. Not like, I don't know, Patrick Wilson. <laughs> Not not hottie Patrick Wilson with his bootcut jeans. Not even like the subway guy, and he is a pedophile. Oh my god! Oh lord! Oh you know, lordy! You're like, oh, that's the subway guy. Well, not now, but before you'd be like, oh, that's the <laughs> subway guy. He's probably nice or whatever. Probably right. He eats sandwiches. 
Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, not to make light of pedophiles. God, I just don't want to get yelled at. You're not. I can't. We just have to clarify just so that people don't think we're like, <laughs> pedophiles are so funny. Like, obviously, we don't think that. It's just like we have to lighten it a little bit for ourselves, the people who yeah, talk about exactly. this stuff every week. I mean, we don't have to. But also, people don't have to listen either, I guess. Yeah. I'm glad that they do. (laughs) Anyway. I did want to talk about the castration scene, I guess. We should probably mention that. That big big to-do before we wrap up. Yeah, and we should probably defend why it's a torture porn film. So that will naturally lead into it. Yeah. Well, and like so, I guess that like this part, I think really this the part where she perf- she performs surgery is like the most torture porny part because obviously it is torture, but it's like agonizing. Like it's not just like a quick kind of moment. Like oops, snip, snip. Like she castrated the guy. It's like agonizing. Like he's tied to a table, and there is a bunch is a huge thing of ice on his penis and his scrotum. I hate that word. It's a grotum. Yeah, don't ever say um, it again. Sorry. Thanks so much. Sorry about that one. Um, <laughs> his balls. And uh, <laughs> she's like teasing him. And she's like talking about it. And she's like, I've got my dad's medical textbook. I, I you know, it's, to- it's, I can just like read about it. It's fine. Meanwhile, he's begging for it not to happen. And it's like, it's very, very interesting because it's like up until this point, he has kind of like not been taking her super seriously. But as soon as his manhood is threatened, this man is screaming and crying like a baby. I know. And tries to like talk himself out of it. He tries to talk himself out of it. Like, you know, she finds all of this. Before this, she finds evidence of like in his, this safe, finds evidence of like of the of donna mauer and then you know it's not all not all the photos are shown and there's like a scene that just says stuff but it's can kind of imply that there is like child pornography on these in it contains child pornography so like he are she already has found everything and he just like doesn't seem to be taking her so seriously and then as soon as she's like threat physically threatening what like makes him what in his eyes makes him a man again in scare quotes because obviously that's whatever we know this but in his eyes like that is his manhood he flips out and like that's really like patrick wilson's screaming i'm always very impressed when actors can like really do a good scream like to that makes me kind of feel uncomfortable and he does that in this in this moment yeah quite a bit he does and he gives that little story too this yeah the story about his aunt finding him with his cousin cousin was it his cousin i yeah i think so and she puts his balls on the burner right yeah yeah so he's like talking about how his cousin used to like play this game with him like i think she was a baby too like not a baby but like a little kid too they were little they were like the same age and she would come out of the tub and like jump on him and like tickle him or or something and one day his aunt like walked in and found them like that and she 
yelled at her kid to go like back in the tub and then she took him and then sat him on the open burner which is a wild story wild story but so he tells the story and i it's like a a half-baked attempt to kind of justify his actions i think it's like this is I I myself was abused and like this is what I went through and this kind of explains why I am the way I am. And Haley does not buy it. Like at one point she goes, "Did you really think that was going to work?" Like she says that a couple times, but like that story I I think did, I saw it as like him trying to man- emotionally manipulate her. Did you think he was telling the truth? I think that happened. Um okay. I do think that probably happened. Do I think it explains his actions? I don't know. I, I guess I can't say, but I did think it was funny that she was like, oh, is that supposed to be your whole explanation of why you are the way you are? <laughs> like, yep. you thought that would get you out of this? Yep. But yeah, I, I don't see yep. why he would make... Well, I guess to manipulate her, but obviously nothing that he has said has worked, so... I don't know, maybe, maybe, but it sounds, like, too weird. And, like, he almost dissociates when he's talking about it. Yeah. So it seems like but it I also, probably did happen. Yeah. I But I also feel like he thinks he... What I, stuck out to me a lot in this movie, not just in this surgery scene, but, like, throughout is how he thinks he knows how her brain works. Like, he's so yeah. used to grooming these women and, like, telling them what they need to hear and, like, how to get them to do what he wants. Mm-hmm. And every turn, she's like, nah-uh-uh, like, fuck you. Like, at the very end when he's like, I'll tell you the name of the guy who did it. And she's like, I already fucking know his name. Like, it's just such a good cherry on top of this movie if she's like, fuck you, dude. Like, yeah, I... I was fa- it's the fascinating power dynamic where he th- he really does think he's like in control even though he's not and every time she's like nope you can just see him like w- like wither away <laughs> yeah. a little bit more he doesn't know what to do he's like fuck yeah even in fuck, the beginning fuck when um or, or towards the beginning of all of this happening when he's <laughs> like I know that you just your your parents don't pay attention to you. They only pay attention to your older sister, and you just need a guy, like maybe who reminds you of your dad, to give you some attention. And she's like messing with him, so she's like, "Yeah, like you totally understand." Like basically, you know. Yeah. She's like, "Did does that work on people?" It's so funny. Exactly. Like, there's like a one point, like when she's like walking up to him, like, oh yeah, okay. And she's like, did you, like, you really thought that was going to get you out of this? It's just so good. I love it. Knock him down. It's not even just that he thinks he understands how her brain works because he's so used to doing this. It's like he thinks that everything's like a weird cliche in that way. Like that yeah. she would be, she is a teenage girl, so she just wants attention. And that's why she's, threatening to kill him and castrate him like is that what you think as if that's like a normal reaction to that you know again like this it's it's teenage girls not being taken seriously to the extreme you know like people mm-hmm. not listening or like take, thinking that they're capable of any kind of like like cognizant thought intelligent thought when actually teenage girls are incredibly intelligent people and scary and scary as shit but like 
I think this also speaks to how young women are completely like underestimated and not For sure. given any kind of like like believe like credibility. Yeah, because it's like you think that everything that a teenage girl would do, including this extreme measure, would be because her parents don't pay attention to her and only care about her older sister. Like, what? Like, you She's piece like, of uh-huh, shit. Yeah, totally, idiot. He's such a piece of shit. Punch him in his stupid fucking glasses. Oh, God, his tiny anyway. glasses. But, so she doesn't actually castrate him, right? No, she doesn't. Yeah, I just wanted to make that clear. I keep saying, like, in scare quotes, but, like, she doesn't actually castrate him. Nope. He has, like, a moment where so, he finally gets free, and then he's like, oh, I'm all here. I know. I was so fucking annoyed by that stupid goddamn line. I was like, fuck you. I want to just I wanna punch you in the ball so bad. <laughs> I'll say this, Patrick Wilson, I mean, we already know, but tremendous actor. For us to all hate Patrick Wilson when he's, like, the people's horror crush. Yeah. Brava. Really. Good for him. (laughs) Seriously, though. Wow, what a transformation going from that to Ed Ed Warren, not Ed Warren, Ed Warren and all the other dads. But why do you think she didn't castrate him? Because I think she just wanted to fuck with his head. And I think that plays into mm-hmm. why I I guess I misremembered that he lives at the end. Because I thought it was all just to fuck with his head and he's going to go to jail. Okay. Which I would have liked that. I would have liked that consistency. But uh, yeah, I thought, I think just the, the, I don't know, satisfaction of knowing that she got to him on such like a deep level was probably enough for her. Yeah. I ask about that because I feel like this is the movie that when it came out, everyone talked about it as like, Oh, the, the movie where she cuts off this guy's balls. And like everyone always talked about this movie as the castration movie. And when I saw it and it didn't actually happen, I was like, y'all are fucking liars. <laughs> like, which is like terrible that I watched this movie for that. Um, but, like, you know, me being a kid who loved extreme horror, like, was, like, getting into extreme horror stuff, I was, like, ready to see some, like, fucked up shit. And it's a fucked up movie. But, like, when I first saw it, it was kind of billed as, like, this horrifically disturbing movie where a young girl cuts off this guy's balls and, like, it's so fucked up. And I was, like, super ready for it. And it's definitely fucked up, but not in the way that I think I was expecting. Because it is, like, just it's such a mind game. And I wasn't, I didn't, I did not appreciate movies about mind games as much as... I do now, I suppose. Well, it's, yeah, it's just like, to me, that sounds like something that, like a narrative that men created about this movie, like cis men, because that's like, oh, yeah, like, they would hold on to. It's just like with the movie Teeth. Like, if you talk that to was a just going to say man, that it's just like teeth. It is just like teeth. Yeah. If you talk to a cis man about the movie teeth, they're like, oh, I couldn't have sex for uh, 10 years. Like, like, they all say that. And it's like, OK, that's not what this movie's about. Like, pretty much at all. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But all you like, held on oh. to was that. You know, and like, I get it. That's 
a lot to be watching, you know? Um, but that's not what it's about. And it's the same with this. Like, first of all, it doesn't even happen. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that's even if it did happen, that's not what the movie is about. The movie is about this fucking pedophile and this girl taking her revenge or avenging her friend or whatever she's fucking doing. Uh, that's what it's about. <laughs> yep. But no, let's reduce it to the fact that a guy gets his manhood removed by a woman. And, like, that's the sensational part, because how emasculating. Uh... Or I guess they, like, feel, they, like, <laughs> relate to the visceral pain of it. But it's, like, have Yeah, you... I always interpret it, I always just interpret it as, like, appalled that there would be any kind of cinema that would show a woman cutting off a man's testicles. How Yeah, I gauche. think it's both things. Which interests me, yeah. because... just everyone's expected to be find that outrageous and over the top and so visceral but like every fucking horror movie pretty much sees women getting like beaten and raped and maimed and fucking tortured and killed and like no like they never like put themselves in those shoes like i mean look not all men (laughs) i know but you know what I mean? Like the like mainstream yeah. majority, like who would be even mm-hmm. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, woke people like on Twitter who have the ability to. And I'm not saying that as pejorative. I'm saying like they have the ability to like talk about the nuances of film and blah, blah, blah. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the guys who are like, she cuts his balls off like. I'm talking yes. about those guys. <laughs> yes. Where it's like, yes. you think this is the most outrageous movie and like probably a lot of them are like, you know, she went too far because like they find it so visceral and it's like, but in the same breath you can like talk about, I don't know, what what's a different movie where <laughs> any movie. I've never seen a movie in my life. I've never seen life. a movie in my entire life. But you know what I mean? Just like, you know, we're expected to find that so wild and then men watch a movie they they can just like watch a movie like Well think of like Clockwork Orange. Or yeah, like a Clockwork Orange or like even I, I, I don't know. What what's a like what's a rape movie? Uh I spit on your grave. Yeah, or something like that. And it's just like they don't find that they don't find that visceral. The part of I spent on your grave that they find visceral is her killing all the guys. Yep, exactly. And I hate to reduce it to that because I don't think it's a guy versus girl thing. But like that tends to be like cis men tend to be the people who talk about that kind of shit or reduce yeah. the films that way. Cut it. It's not <laughs> worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> Am I wrong? No. Gets on my fucking nerves. Especially with teeth. Like, shut up. It's so fucking annoying. And I made all the guys in my... I made all the guys I know watch Teeth with me. They hated it, but... Teeth is an amazing movie. They're wrong. <laughs> it is a good... It is an amazing movie, and they are wrong. Yeah. One of, one of my favorite movies. But I loved watching... I loved watching them squirm when we watched it, though. 
it did give me satisfaction to watch them get so uncomfortable. I really, truly feel like it's put on for show. Like, I can watch that, and I'm totally fine. And I get that I'm not cis, but, like, I'm still a man, and I'm like, oh, that would suck. But, like, I'm not like, like, you know. Again, though, there's that whole, like, masculinity. Like, I don't have it anymore if that's gone. And a woman did it with her vagina. Welcome to trans world, bitch. Like, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Get a grip. Get a therapist. (laughs) You aren't new. (laughs) You'll be all right. You aren't unique. You'll be fine. (laughs) It just really gets on my fucking nerves. (laughs) No. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I think that um, pivoting a little bit. I think that. that scene is why this is considered torture porn and how like what i was saying before is that it's not necessarily like torture porn in the classic sense it's torture porn of the mind and you can see she she plays like surgical footage next to him because he thinks he's watching himself get this surgery yes but he's not she plays uh like tape of surgical footage um, so you, you also see that tape, like, while it's happening. And then afterwards you see, like, she's holding some sort of tissue in her hands after, like, like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what it is. And she puts it in the, um, in the, uh, garbage disposal. <laughs> yes, she does. That's torture porny, but I think overall this movie does fit into the torture porn thing because of the psychological torture which i don't think most yeah. movies can do but i think just the nature of this one it i think it totally yeah. fits i 100 percent agree with you on that one i mean i'm sure Definitely someone wasn't... will tell us we're wrong well such is life <laughs> such is existing on the internet it's our show I don't care anymore. Fuck with me. <laughs> I'm I'm ready to debate over it. Like, I think that that would qualify it. it, especially just that scene alone. You know. Oh, one hundred percent. I agree. I was thinking that. Remember, you asked, like, do I think she's actually fourteen? Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about that and you know there's that line that she has that you pointed out where she says four out of five doctors agree that I'm insane which obviously is not the correct word but that's what she says that's exact yeah I'm like maybe that's the small kernel of truth where like she does go to like lots of psychiatrists and psychologists and was told that she's psychopathic but that would mean that she is not 14 because I'm pretty sure you cannot diagnose kids as psychopaths. You can't. I don't know I think, anything. I, think I, think I, I can, literally don't know anything about it. So I think you can see signs of psychopathy very early mm, on okay. in people's lives, but like you can't clinically okay. diagnose someone that they're a psychopath until they're 18. Let me look that up. Oh, okay. It makes sense. I just didn't know that. So, so on just Googling it real fast, it says at what age can psychopaths be diagnosed? And then the New York Post 
in 2018 says the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which is just the DSM, if someone doesn't know, um, which we would be talking about DSM-5, dictates that people under the age of 18 cannot be labeled psychopaths. However, in 2013, Mm. the American Psychiatric Association decided to include the condition, quote, conduct disorder with callous and unemotional traits for children ages 12 and over. Okay. So, in conclusion, if that is the kernel of truth in all of this, that would mean that Haley is at least 18. Hmm. And exacting hmm. revenge. Possibly, maybe because something happened to her, which would not necessarily make her a psychopath. Like, that's not how that works. But, yeah. Interesting to think about. I like that theory. Much to think about. That is interesting. Huh. Because she said that twice. It's like that kind of that trope where someone says something once that sounds like so outlandish you have to laugh at it. Like, oh, there's no way that's true. And then they get later on in the movie, they repeat it. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, obviously. Yeah, so that kind of like rings true for what I was thinking of like, hmm, she might be older than 14. If that's something that she is like a little nugget that keeps coming up. An, an interesting little tidbit. I was going to say that the reason that I randomly remembered that was because of another Law & Order Special Victims Unit episode. Oh, oh. That I think, I think it was Kyle MacLachlan was on it. And he played a psychologist, like a kid psychologist, uh-huh. who wrote a book on how kids can't be... I, th- I want to say he was talking about sociopaths, but maybe psychopaths. And, like, in his book, he was, like, talking about how they they can't be, like, diagnosed that underage. But then something happens with his kid by another kid. And he, like, has to testify. I don't know. A, Good lord. In some Good way. Good fucking lord. And he, he tries to go back on what he said and say, like, this kid is a psychopath or a sociopath. And then they're like, didn't you write this book? And then afterwards, spoiler alert, he kills that kid because he's like, well, he was not going to be redeemed. Jesus fucking, fucking right. <laughs> he couldn't be redeemed. Can we see if I'm right about that? Bum, 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 bum. Um, so he plays Kyle McLaughlin, if I'm right. Plays Brett Morton. Let's see what Brett Morton did. Dr. Brett Morton is a psychiatrist whose son was kidnapped and murdered by his 13-year-old neighbor, Jake O'Hara. <laughs> Kennedy Davenport, Jake O'Hara. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, during Jake's trial, Brett initially requests leniency for Jake, but after information comes to light that Jake has sociopathic tendencies and that he will be released from prison by the time he's 18, Brett regrets his decision and shoots Jake in the courthouse. He then uses his expertise as a psychiatrist to try and convince the court he had post-traumatic stress disorder at the time. When Brett takes the stand, he tells the jury that he has no memory of killing Jake, but later admits he did kill him post-trial. He was subsequently acquitted of the murder. Wow. Oh, after leaving the courthouse, Brett confesses to Stabler and Novak that he felt guilty over his request for leniency for Jake, that he knew that Jake would kill again after the boy's release, and that Brett planned to shoot Jake in the courthouse after finding out 
the boy was a sociopath. Brett looked around, saw the court officer's gun, and waited for the right moment to take it and kill Jake. Stabler and Novak confront him for his manipulation towards the court, like Jake had done. Brett agrees, but points out that unlike Jake, who certainly would have continued murdering people had he survived, Brett himself would never kill again. The end. In conclusion, ask me anything about SVU, because clearly I'll remember. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren will be so proud to hear this. Thank you so much. I learned so much today about you're so Law welcome. and Order. You're so welcome. And if you're wondering, yes, Kyle McLaughlin is hot on law and order so that doesn't surprise me <laughs> um do you have anything the fuck else you want to talk about with this movie <laughs> i don't i'm 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 fresh out of ideas now i think i've wrung my brain dry about this fucking movie yeah so that's it <laughs> that's <laughs> goodbye <laughs> so everybody thanks for listening to this latest episode of watch once never again um, if you have anything that you'd like to suggest for us to watch, uh, any themes for our next episodes, you can send us an email at wonapodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. We are at wonapodcast, at W-O-N-A podcast. You can also follow me and Dax. I am at M.B. McAndrews. And I'm at Daxy Bobbin. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. We keep saying it. And we want you to do it because it helps our numbers and makes us look super good. So if you have just a minute or two, please give us a little rating. It would mean a lot to us. It would. So we appreciate you guys. Oh, and then next week. Terrible sound. I apologize. I hated it. Thank you. We are going to chat about the another classic torture porn film, Saw, directed by... James James Wan well J- yeah directed by James Wan and then Lee Winnell was his a creative partner for this one. So that's next week. So thanks everybody for listening. Bye.